Hello again, everybody. This is Rabbi Chaim Schwartz of the Vodabon of Queens and the host of the podcast. Well, I think this podcast, everybody will agree, is going to be, what should I say, useful, informative, and answer questions that we've all had for many, many years. And that is, where can I eat when I go to Israel? We host Rabbi Shmuel Wiener, who is the Rav of Kahal ZNT and Ramat Ashkol, himself an American, and the head of the organization called ZNT Kashmas. Many of you are probably familiar with it. Those of you who lived in Ramat Ashkol or lived in Eretz Yisrael or learned in Eretz Yisrael, or for many people, they may not be familiar with him or the organization. ZNT Kashrus is an organization that provides information about the Kashrus scene in Eretz Yisrael. They provide Kashrus as well. And you will find this extremely informative and extremely helpful in deciding where to go, where to stay, where to eat when you make that trip to Eretz Yisrael. Listen, enjoy, and please, please, we welcome your feedback. You can leave a comment. You can send us an email to vhq at queensvod.org. Again, that's vhq at queensvod.org. And we look forward to hearing from you. We have the biggest host to have, Harav Shmuel Wiener, Shlita. Shalom Lechem from Yushalayim, Rav Wiener. Lechem Shalom, same here. Chaim so, goes back many years. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. So I asked you uh, about a month ago at the ACO convention to please come on. We have something called the Vodcast, like on podcasts, the Vodcast, mm-hmm. and we talk about Hashlach and Yanim. Unfortunately, it's not as frequent as we would like it to be, but the Eretz Yisrael, uh, let me just introduce you that you are a rub of the Kal ZNT in Ramat Ashkol. Anybody who's been to Ramat Ashkol for any amount of time knows, uh, is familiar with you and your Kahila, Baruch Hashem. Many people here in Queens, when I was there this winter, I saw that there were many people there that I knew. And also, you're the Paisic of the ZNT Kashrus, which I guess you'll explain in a second. So, like I said earlier, I invited you on because uh, the title of this podcast is going to be So I'm going to Eretz Yisrael, where can I eat? So I hope you're ready for that, Rabbi. <laughs> okay. We'll definitely try to do our best. And uh, the truth the ZNT Kosher, one of the services that they do is help Americans that are coming to Israel navigate the cashless here in Israel. Okay, so I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I just want to stop you for a second. So um, just give a background of what exactly is uh, ZNT Kashrus, what's it about, how it started, and, okay. and just so that the listeners have an idea, and then we'll, we'll throw some questions at you. Okay. ZNT Kosher started when um, a short while after I became Rav, there was a strong bikush by the Americans in Aokila that we want we want to know where can we go out to eat. Mainly they were looking for restaurants that are on the same level of cashers as we used to back in America. And uh, at the beginning, I actually was not the cashers guide that wanted to take this on. I'm still not sure, but uh, I was sort of pushed into it by the, by the Kila and other Abanim that we have Achrayis to help out our people with uh, navigating the Kashas here Now, the Kashas here has certain confusing points which we're not used to from America where things are pretty clear. What's yes, what's no over here, as we may explain further on. 
there, there are difficulties. So Zinti Kosher was really set up to service the American Kehila with, with um, the places they could go to, the place they could eat, the eateries that they could eat in, and, uh, and other questions that come up. There are many questions that come up by the, those living here, those not living here, about products that come from Eretzol, products that are being produced in Eretzol. Um, so we try to reach out to different restaurants to research them. And at the same time, if a restaurant's willing to take our cashless, to upgrade the cashless that they have already to a standard that's good, that's, uh, that, that we're looking for, that's, that's, what we do. that's what we do. So if I understand you correctly, there's two aspects. There's number one, there's information on the scene in Eretz Yisrael. And number two is actual provision or providing, I'm sorry, of kashras. So you hit on something which I was actually going to ask you that the, whenever, whenever people go to Eretz Yisrael, uh, I get questions and I'm just a very small cog in the wheel. But people ask, you know, I'm going here. Can I eat there? Can I eat there? You would think that if you're going to Eretz Yisrael, just want to go back to basics. If you're going to Eretz Yisrael, Everybody, kulam ahuvim, kulam berurim, kulam kadoshim. You can be able to eat anywhere. What could be better than a, than a I don't want to say Medina, but at least a, a land of of of, of Eden, the giving ashkacha, so many rabbanim, so much Torah, so many, so many, so many rishishivas, so many tzaddikim and eretz You should be able to eat anywhere. That is definitely an a assumption that many of us have before we come to Eretz Yisrael. And unfortunately, and perhaps surprisingly, it's not so. Now, I'll give a little background, which I think will answer this question. The Rabbinot of Eretz Yisrael, of the, the country of Medina, which was set up back in 70 years ago when they started the Medina, was set up for the purpose of servicing the larger group of Jewish people population here in Eretz Yisrael. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something interesting. Um, and I heard this from someone who works for the Rabbinot, uh, an American American person who works for the uh, for the Rabbinot. He told me he was learning in Yeshiva's Merkas Harav. And this goes back to around probably 40 years ago. He was learning Yeshiva's Merkaz Arav. He was actually a graduate of Nair Yisrael Baltimore, and he was learning Yeshiva's Merkaz Arav. And at the time, Rabbi Avram Shapiro, who was the chief rabbi, um, a very chashavayid, whose achrayis, part of his achrayis, was the kashas for the Medina. He felt that he wasn't doing enough for the kashas. So he called together a group of 10 Yungalite at the time, 10 Avrechim, and he asked them, what could we do? What could we do to, to service the, the cloud? And at the meeting, they were discussing who are we servicing with the Rabbinot Techshar. And this is why he said it over to me. He says, the decision was, we're not catering to the leftists. We're catering to the left of the leftists. And not only that, to those which are called the Noah Yisrael, which those are the youths that would buy bread on Erev Pesach, Tidah on Pesach. That's who we're catering to. Now, in order for us to put out there cashless, we need to get the kosher symbol on as many products as possible to prevent them from eating non-kosher. So in order to do that, we're going to have to come on to coolest leniencies, which 
you you may which the standard person may not even want to rely on. So what their decision was that we can do kosher, but a kosher on a very low standard so that we can get our name onto more and more products. Now what happened at the time was that what happened at the time was um the the or not at the same time, but in Rav Rubin, Rav Rubin from Rubin Kashris and Rav Simcha Cook, who just passed away. So they both, they both were the Rabbanim of Rehovot, the city of Rehovot. And they were a little disturbed by this, that the Rabbanut Kashris is such a low standard of Kashris and again, for a good reason, they, they lower their standard of cashes to be able to reach out to as many people as they can to just supply more and more food. But they felt that there should be some kind of higher standard also. So they created what's called Rabnut Mahajri. So we have Rabnut Ragil, the regular Rabnut, and then we have what's called Rabnut Mahajri. Now, who decides what's on this higher level of cashes? The Rabbanim of that city. So now in every city, the Rabbanim of that city are deciding what is the higher level of kashas for that city. So therefore it gets a little confusing because you'll hear Rabbanim Mahajan of one city is fine, another city is not fine, another city is so-so. You have to then navigate from city to city, which ones are good, which ones are not good, which ones are Mishasat Chak, but that's that's the history to it. So just putting things in its perspective, when we come there to Israel and we see, yeah, the the the, the symbol of the Rabbanut on so many so many products, it doesn't mean that it's on the level of kashas that you are used to eating in America and that you would want to eat. Now Rabbanut Mahajan again is a step above that, and then in each city you have to research who are the Rabbanut behind it. For example, Rabbanut Sfas. That's fine. That's run very well by the Rabbanim of Sfas. You have Rabbanut Netanya, which is also run very well. Uh, Rabbanut Yushalayim has its own history where up until around 10, 15 years ago, and this is something which is confusing because many of us remembered when we were Bachram in Yeshiva in Yushalayim, we actually ate from the Rabbanut Mahajan of Yushalayim. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's and, and, and a lot of the children are coming with the stories they heard from their parents or their grandparents or their uncle about this and this place and that place. What changed was that the government took over the kashras. And this is documented that the government got more and more involved over here in Yushalayim in running the kashras. And there was a point where the dairy was still being run by Rabbanim and the inflation was not. And then they took over the dairy. Also, recently there were a bunch who tried taking it back, and they had a struggle with the government. So a lot of things changed in who's making the decisions and who's running the kashras. So therefore, I remember, uh, I think, and then it's even more we complicated were... because you have something called mehuderet, which is yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I remember in our days, I believe Rav Kulitz was the rabbi Mishalim. I believe that he was the one. If I'm not mistaken, That's right. he was the one that was in charge. You're right. That's right, but when Rav Kulitz passed away, that's when things started to change. It was around that Kufa. exactly. And uh, and so then you have, then you have this new step over here, which is between the regular Rabbanut and the Rabbanu Mahajan called Muderet. So again, a person coming to Eretz Yisrael has to realize 
that things did change. Um, the question is, who are they catering to? Am I, do I, am I part of that group that they're catering to? Um, supervision in, in restaurants in Eretz Yisrael um, under the Rabbinut. Again, they have their cheshven and how they want to run it. That's perfectly fine for what they're catering to, but in a way doesn't compare to the, to the standard of, of supervision that you have in, in, in the, the better Sherim in America. Can you, can you talk about, can you talk about for a second? Oh, can you talk about a second? The, the difference, you know, you keep, you've referenced this every couple of times, the difference between the United States or America and, and these Ashkafs and Eretz Yisrael. How would you, okay. how would you quantify and explain the differences for the, okay. for the, for the average listener? Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you like this. It's interesting. I actually had a meeting with 15 Rabbanim from America right before COVID. And uh, they were here in Eretz Yisrael and they went on a tour that day to, to the Machinu, the area. And then they met me afterwards. And we sat down and they said to me, they couldn't believe that there were many restaurants which did not have mashkech tmidis. Mashkech tmidi means a mashkech who's there constantly or is going in and out throughout the day, making sure that what has to be supervised is being supervised. They were also very surprised that some of these restaurants had goyim working there and there was no mashkech there on the premise at the time. So again, these are different different differences which you may find over here in some of the restaurants which you don't have. Um, in Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, I mean, it's true all over, but uh, the importance of supervision is making sure that the products coming in are under the heksha that that restaurant, that that cashless is being saimachan. And it's very important in Eretz Yisrael for that to be checked because it's, Supplies do not always have enough to supply you from the action that you want. This is a fact. And they'll throw in from other action together with what you ordered. And what happens during the day when they run out of products, who's on top of them to make sure they're only getting from the action that, that we rely on. So again, supervision goes for bug checking and, uh, and uh, for a freshest challah. For, I, I, I once, I mean, this is a, just, um, I once got involved in one of the pizza shops and there was a very fine rabbi at Mashkech there. Ben Taira learns in the mirror. I know him, I know his father. He would come every morning to be Mafashkala. But then I realized that they were making three, four batches throughout the day. What was, where, where was the system? There needs to be a system to make sure that they're taking off from those other batches also. So we had to set up a system. Etc. So um, I think in the supervision, there's a, a difference. There's a clear difference. And um, and that, that that explains the difference between the regular Rabbanot, Rabbanot Mahadran, and then this moderate. But Rabbanot Mahadran also is not, um, is not always um, keeping up to the same par. So is there, is there a reason why there's not a push for mashkichim to meet him in Eretz Yisrael like there is in America amongst these ashkachas. Is it uh, financial? Is it is it ashkafa? Is there is is it because they just feel that we so, let's let's just save what we can and then 
the rest is uh, up to the customer. Like, like what's the what's the swara exactly? I know I don't so know if you know I, the answer. I, to that. Right. So I want to make something clear. Also, I'm I'm not here to say that the hashem are not good. There are very good hashem here also. There are good hashem. There's Rav Rubin's hashem. There's the Eidah Charedes. There's Rav Landau. There's Rav Frati on fruits and vegetables. There are very good hashem here and. Baruch Hashem, we have a list of restaurants under these good Hashem also. There is places to eat. I'm just focusing on the on the on the assumptions that people make when coming there so that automatically the action must be at a high standard action when it's not necessarily true. And to answer Reb Chaim's uh, question, why isn't it like that? So at one point, I think they did go bankrupt or the government, the government was pulling back money. So it, it, it became that another difference between here and America is that over here, a lot of these revenue Mahajan restaurants, the Mashkicham are being paid by the owner of the restaurant and the owner of the restaurant does not feel he needs them for the full day or the full time. So he's only paying them for a few hours a day to come in and then just do what they have to do and leave, which is a big difference when, as, as anyone would probably realize, when the owner of the restaurant's paying to when they're being paid by the cashless organization. It's something which I think one of the chief rabbis recently tried changing, but was not matzlich. But, but that, could, that could be one of the reasons why it's not like that here. The... Um, yeah, did I answer the question? I guess so. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a reason. I'm just yeah. trying to get into really the the background and the kishkas of right. what's happening in Israel, so that I really want the listeners to have a better idea so of, I, of I, what's happening. I had so many so many right. times, like I said at the beginning, well-meaning people go to Eretz Israel, and right. and when I say well-meaning, I mean people from our community that. You know, I would say from the people that when they're here in the United States are Makbid Kalika Hamura, some reason when they get there, it's just all there seems to be some sort of a, you know, like I said earlier, people seem to feel that they're in Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael is, uh, you know, we, we has a, people are more machmir in general in, in Yiddishkeit on many different things. And uh, this would, this would be one of them. Let, let me, let me just, let me just ask you a, an important question yeah. for what, what I feel might. The, the 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 I want to go to 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 go back with you said the badatz and the charedes, so yeah. the badatz and the charedes and the good hashkachas, uh, the the better hashkachas, the ones that are more reliable, the ones that you, that that we tell people that they can eat it. The what is there? Are there things that they do besides mashgiach tamidi? The the pikuach that they have, why is it better? And what and what? Where would you put it? Why would you say it's better? Than the 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 other hashdachas. In other words, what about them is more mahadrin right. than than the stam rabbanut? I know you started okay. to talk about that, but I want right. to flesh it out. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, they they're not looking for the same coolest that the other are looking for. You know, I'll give you an example. I mentioned about that freshest chala. So rabbanut has a cheshbon. It's not like they just close their eyes to it. Right. They know the mashkiach is only coming in in the morning. There may be more dose being made throughout the day. So what they do is they're mafresh chal in the morning from a dough for all the doughs throughout the day, wherever it may be, 
that if challah wasn't taken off, this is going to be the challah for it. Now, anyone who learned Masech the challah knows that this is a tremendous chiddush for many reasons. First of all, to take off before the dough was even made, and for it to be work on dough which is not in front of you, especially in Eretz so where the din mukaf that should be close to each other is more chamer. But they, they have they have backing for that, so that's what they rely on. Other Hashem will not rely on that. Trumas When it comes to taking off trumas and which are the mitzvahs that we are zeichet to here in Eretz Yisrael, so again they have certain leniencies in how they do it. I will never say that the fruits and vegetables coming through them does not have, um, was not, shrooms and mices was not, not separated from them. It was probably somewhere along the way. But there's clear differences in halacha of kulas that they're being seimachan, that the other chshem are not being seimachan, and they're doing it for the reason that they need to get more out there quicker or whatever their cheshbon is. So there is backing. I'm not going to tell someone that you need trade, but again, we're talking about standards of kashas. What are they relying on not to have supervision during the day when the guy may have to turn on the fire or not? They have their leniencies for whatever it may be. Um, so, but but is it something that that we would so now the other share have a have a system to 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 deal with these in, in a more active way. Um, Ruben, even though Ruben does not have Mashkech Tzimidis, but they have a certain system how they're on top of whatever's going on in the restaurant by popping in um, during the day different times, checking the invoices, matching what they see to what they, what they what's on the invoice. They have a system. Eide um, Chredes has a certain very strong mirtas that people are afraid, people are afraid to, to do differently, so even if they're not there always, but they, they, they have they have systems how they they take care of this issue. As opposed to some of the other restaurants, the owners have told me that that they may not be so scared to do something which they're not allowed to if they had to. Um, and they and at the end of the day, they do have the freedom to do it to some extent. So to me, it sounds like. That the more badat hashgachas have very rigid uh, practices, guidelines, ways of enforcing, and also it would seem to me that if someone has the badats, just the mirtas of losing the badats is a pretty is a pretty big mirtas. Right. It's it's not a yes. good it's not a good look. Right. Right. Let me ask you something true. else. Okay. Let me let me ask you something. Else. Let me get to a very very sensitive topic. I want to talk about hotels. If you don't mind, okay. So hotel, hotels seem to be the Achilles' heel of the the, the regular, the, the average traveler to Eretz Yisrael when he's going to Eretz Yisrael. I know Baruch Hashem, there's a lot of nice hotels and there's a lot of uh, different hotels all over Eretz Yisrael. I actually uh, had an opportunity to speak with Rabbi Moshe Farkas. I know he works for the right. Kashi, I must, just one. Yeah, I must give him a lot of credit, Rabbi Moshe Farkas. He's my right-hand man. He does almost all the work of the services of information, all that. Anyone could contact him at uh, the number 058, we'll mention later, I guess, 058-567-4375 or email zntkosha at gmail.com. Yeah. So we had a long conversation about hotels. And 
suffice to say that he really, really opened up my eyes about hotels in Israel. And if you could just talk about the, okay. the common misconceptions that people have and what they should be asking. Okay. If I could just finish okay. the question, Legabe, yeah. one prat of uh, breakfast and supper, and I can eat breakfast there, but I can't eat lunch there. You know, so I guess it's a two-pronged question, and I'm going to let you just go. Number one yeah. is, what should a person be looking for when he's making that reservation? And number two, and in what, in what areas are better than others? I'm talking about locales. And number two, this idea of breakfast uh, as opposed to supper and lunch and, you know, milk fixes as opposed to play chicks. So take it away, Rabbi. Okay. So, so I just want to give a little back background information to those that are wondering what 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 does a cautious organization do in a hotel? So it, when we go to a restaurant, it's usually either dairy or shake. And I mean, so bus of a color we're not worried about there. And pretty much it's a smaller, it's a smaller kitchen with a smaller production. Um, things are happening, let's say three, four hours during the day, it's really pressure, but uh, but but it's 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 in one place. When, we, when we're dealing with a hotel, the amount of supervision that's needed is tremendous. You know, you take a Pesach project, which is just for one week or a weekend project, the, the conscious organization will bring in in America will bring in 28, 30 mashkichim just to, to, to do everything that needs to be done. So over here we're dealing with a hotel. Hotel, and these hotels, the ones that people are running to, have massive kitchens. There's a, there's a milky kitchen, a fleshy kitchen, parava, baking, um, with the fruits and vegetables, the cleaning, there's tons of things. And the, the flour over here, it's so the commercial flour has to be checked. Even if the bags of flour you buy on the shelf do not need to be, but the commercial flour needs to be checked. The, 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 vegetable, the leafy vegetables need to be clean. There's a lot going on. And you have one mashkiach with maybe one or two helpers helping him run the kitchen, the dining room, the ballroom. Some of them have restaurants. Food's going from there. There's, there's, there's from, the, from the kitchen to the, to, the, to the rooms. There's a lot going on. Okay, so that's just what the cashless organization is taking the responsibility to, to, to deal with when they're giving a cash to a hotel. I want to say over two stories that took place two weeks ago, and I hope these Rabbana will be me for saying the stories. I'm not going to mention their names, but there was a, a group of around 25 people checking into one of the... So, so this is breaking, this is breaking, uh, breaking news. This is, yes, it this is. is this is for the Queen's Kashrus. Vodcast, this is new news. That's wow, right. wow. I think this is the first time in the three years that we, we've broken news. I'm so excited. <laughs> that is Okay. <laughs> okay, Rabbi, go. Okay. So there was a group of around 25 people from a hush of a city checking into one of the popular hotels. We'll let everyone fill in the blanks, whatever they think the blanks are. But anyways, checking in. One of them decided to find out what's really going on. Why are we checking into this hotel? So he, he asked around and he found out that the Rav, that their Rav, their Rav said that Rabbi Wiener says, okay, to, to, to eat in this, in this hotel. 
So he, one of these, one of these fellows called one of the cashless organizations in America to find out, is it true? And that, the head of that cashless organization called me and said to me, did you, did you really say that it's okay? I said, not at all. Anyone who called me yesterday or the day before, which was many Bachrim, many seminary girls, I said, it's not recommended to eat yet. He says, but there's a rub who called you yesterday and you told him it's okay. I said, no rub called me yesterday. I'm telling you, no rub. At the end, I saw, so the, they sent me the contact information of this rub so I could contact him to find out what happened. I realized that it wasn't him who called me. What, someone called me for him in his name and asked me about the Shemitah in the hotel. And when I started telling that person that I don't recommend eating there, the person said to me, no, no, no. The Rav doesn't want to know about eating in the hotel, just wants to know about Shemitah. So I said, Shemitah, as far as I know, is not a problem. I contacted the Rav. I sent him an email immediately saying that I just want to make it clear. I do not recommend eating in this hotel. And the Rav wrote me back the following message. He says, well, when I was there, I checked out the Trumas of Maestros. And it seems to be fine. What other, what other potential problems could there be? Maybe you could enlighten me with what other problems there could be. Now, this rub is a very fine rub. I know of him. I know a lot of his congregants. And he's a fine person. But in his mind, coming there, it's so there's just one issue in a hotel. Trumas and Maestros. And he checked it out. However, he checked that out. But he checked it out. And true as the maestros are fine, what other potential problem could there be? Checking bugs, flour, um, et cetera, et cetera. That didn't enter his mind. Okay. Second story that week, another Chashavarov, also from the same city, was in, the, in, the, in, in this hotel. I almost said it, in the hotel. And... Um, and we contacted him to ask him, like, why you tell other people they can eat there? So I met the Mashkiach. He's a nice guy. So we were like, okay, he's a nice guy. Very nice guy. So because he's a nice guy, therefore you eating there? Yes. He was he's a nice guy. Um, we heard also in your name that you were quoting a certain rub, not myself, a different rub that said that's okay. You heard that from the rub himself? After a few kvetches, the, the, this Rav said, no, I never heard it from him. I heard it from someone else heard it from him. When I heard from that Rav um, straight, that that Rav said it's not Pashat at all. So again, the, 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 a person, there's a certain, I'm not saying not to trust Rabbanim at all. But I think one of the things we discussed at the ACO convention a month ago was educating the communities with what are the potential problems that could go on in a in a uh, in a hotel in a restaurant and why we need cashless organizations? What are we what 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 are they our shluchim for? What are they doing for us? I think we need to educate Rabbanim also. I, I do find I get I get and you probably hear this all the time. I do find that when I speak to people about this hashgacha as opposed to the other hashgacha, the answer I always get is, oh, it's all politics. It's all about politics. I mean, okay. we get that over here also, but especially in that still, it's all politics. 
everything is good, everything's fine. And that's why I'm 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 a, I'm a little bit pushing you, and I and I see that right. you're you're not you're okay to respond. That that trying to, of course, we we know what you we we I've discussed this with Rabbi Farkish, and I, I've seen it over the years myself, as a quote unquote professional. But I, I think the, the 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 average layman going to Israel is not aware of, like you said, that there's issues other than trumas and meisters. There's issues like with the flower, everybody knows. There's, I know when we lived in Eretz Yisrael, uh, Baruch Hashem, we had the schuspa live there for the first few years after we were married. That that we you have to keep your spices in the freezer, otherwise they're going to the climate in Eretz Yisrael causes that the dried spices become very very infested if you leave them out for too long, even even a, even a matter of a couple of hours or two during the right. time of the year. And and of course, you want to make sure that a hotel is 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 on top of that as well. Not to mention. You know, making sure that they're bringing in the right meat, the right chicken, the right, uh, you know, all the other things. So I want to get back to the point about politics. But yeah. There's nothing to deny here. There is a lot of politics. And that, that and this takes us back to one of the differences between Eretzestral and Chutzlars. And I mean, say we're Derech Kavit. In Chutzlars, there's an ACO organization, which for those that are not familiar with ACO, it's all the big cautious organizations get together and they sit around the table discussing different, different ideas and different issues that came up or that will come up, how we could all work it out together. Now, there's definitely competition between the cautious organizations of getting more factories and different factories. There's competition, but, they, but they're able to sit around the same table and talk to each other. Number one, also, cashless organizations in America are very transparent. You could speak to them, they'll tell you exactly what's going on, and they'll even let you come see many times what's going on if they're able to. Now, in, in Eretz Yisrael, unfortunately, we don't have an ACO, we don't have an ACO um, organization, and there's a reason for it. Because I, I don't think they'll all be able to sit around the same table because there is politics. There is. There's nothing to deny about it. There are politics. And because there's politics, they're not transparent. You can't, you cannot, they're always hiding something because they're afraid that the other organization is going to come in and knock them off. So, so therefore, they're, they're there, there is politics, but politics is not the answer. That's not the answer. It's true that there's politics, but that's not that's an excuse. That's not the answer. It's not the answer that because there's politics, therefore I could just do whatever I want, eat wherever I want, and all that. There's, like we've been speaking about until now. There's another whole, there's a there's a whole other part to this. That's about the politics. The other part of the question was really. Well, that was, that was that was the big question. The question was about politics, but I, I just said as an aside that you know people are not aware of the of the it's not a, it's there's much more to the game than politics. That's there's right. so many other things that go into giving hashkach and eretz Yisrael. I can tell you, as being um, the administrator here in Queens for Baruch Hashem the last fifteen years, once in a while I think about eretz Yisrael about you know how lucky we are that we don't have to deal with chumas and maestros and arla and shmita. And 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 Yashan really because uh, Yashan in America many people right. are Makbar on Yashan, but it's not the same as an Eretz where it's where it's the Raisa according to many churches right. as well as that. So there's so many there's so many things that you know that, that come into play in Eretz that don't come into play in America. 
so let's let's go back. So when a person is uh, is is going to Israel to visit someone in seminary, yeshiva, visit all of these things. So what's the what you know? What's the first thing he should do? Should he get in touch with with ZNT? Should he should he just decide? You know what? I'm gonna. Oh, I know what the question was. I'm sorry. Let's get back to it about um, um about uh, breakfast, breakfast and supper in the hotels. Oh, and then okay. we'll get to, and okay. we'll get to the okay. Yes, so, very important question. Yeah. I have it in my notes over here, and I look back and I saw it. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, it happens that in many, in many, um, in many hotels, the breakfasts are sort of simpler because it's a lot of package items, and in general, in Shlaim at least. A lot of the packaged dairy products, bread, pastries, all coming from good Sharon. Right now, in, in right now, the, 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 the top quality spices are, are believe it or not, the greatest Ruben Landau. And the two biggest bakeries in Shlaim are the greatest. So so a lot of the a lot of these products which are being used at breakfast are just being brought in from from good Sharon. so therefore it's much easier to and and, and, and uh, even the cheeses so there's different types of cheeses so the fancier the hotel is the fancier the cheeses are but if you stick to the less fancier cheeses you're pretty safe pretty safe in most cases what about the hot dish the hot, um, the hot dishes so that's a question the hot dishes are, are is more of a question so a lot of times Again, I can't give a straight rule for all places, but some places um, they're 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 using it only for specific products. Um, again, the eggs have cheese, so sometimes that can be a little more complicated. But true, the hot products are a little more complicated. But this is where ZNT kosher comes in. ZNT kosher is in contact with the mashkichim in certain hotels. For example, the Citadel, the Mashkiach Rabbi Lishner over there is very close to us. He, he's always asking us about this product, that product. Would you, and we would tell him also if he could upgrade this week. Like we know a lot of Americans are coming this week or this Shabbos. So just for this Shabbos, upgrade the chicken and meat, upgrade this. And he'll work with us. He works with us. We just did over there uh, a, um, a bar mitzvah, Shabbos bar mitzvah. We did a wedding where he allowed us into the kitchen. He allowed us to see around. He he worked with us very well. And he's very much in contact with my, my administrator of Farkish all the time. And when someone's coming, we contact him. We ask him, what's the story with this week? What's happening? The reason why I say things could change by week is because if there's a group coming to the hotel and the group asks for a better extra, a higher standard extra, they'll, they'll cater to the group. So that's what means that sometimes a, uh, a breakfast is much, more, is much simpler. And with and contacting ZNT Kosha, they'll help you out with that. The plaza, we're close to the Meshkich and the plaza. Um, Different hotels have different relationships with us, and they'll they'll supply us with information, and and we could then and then we could supply it to the client to the person who's inquiring. Um, sometimes someone will say, "I'm only I only want to know 
if it's A, B, C, D, so we, we can tell, yes, it is, or it's not. Um, that's, I mean, so that's a that's a simple answer to why breakfast may be different than, than lunch and supper. Lunch and supper gets more complicated because there's a lot more cooking and a lot more dealing with uh, with the kitchen, which needs its supervision. Okay, so someone someone's ready to go to Eretz Yisrael. Like I said, started asking earlier. So let's just right. uh, take it from the top. So if I'm ready to go to Eretz Yisrael. I want to visit my daughter. Actually, she's coming home in a couple of days, but... You know, but, but uh, let's say I want to go visit her. Actually, in, in the in the winter, we did come, and uh, I think I saw you. I did see you, and yes, we and did. There was a couple of places that are not school that we we they said. My daughter told me that Rabbi Wiener said you could eat there. ZNT said you could eat here. You know, so so uh, what so we, there to throw? We have lists. Uh, we collected we uh, we collected information in Yerushalayim and many other cities that people go to. Um, list of restaurants that are under the good hash of that city. Uh, so one could always email us and we'll send you the link to, to see those uh, restaurants, which is a good guide. If someone's in a, in a situation where they're stuck, so then we can help you out also telling you that what to, what to maybe what to stay away from or what to stick to. But that's where the antique kosher comes in. And and for that information. Again, there's some people that, that come and they're, because they're traveling, which we find such a head of traveling, and because they're traveling, they feel like they could be more lenient and they want to, they want to, they, they're, they're not shooting for the same standard as always. So we can help them at all. We can tell you, look, we view this as tier two, tier three, tier four. Pick the tier that you want to work with. Um, that right now, that's that right now. That is a that is a big service which we do. A lot of the Bachram, a lot of the seminary girls have already the access to lists, and um, I give a lot of credit to the parents that go along with them. A lot of parents come there to stroll, and they're totally willing to work with their children to where their children want to eat, and that's tremendous because I I understand the the sign of coming there at Seoul and wanting to eat by all the different places that you might have eaten in the past or you dreamt of eating by because you heard about it from someone else. And then when the, your daughter tells you, when well, seminary, they told us that we shouldn't be eating the sexual or the Bacha says, and the parents work with them, it's 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 kalakavot. Do the yeshivas in, uh, in Eretz role also the seminaries, they also work with ZNT to, you know, to get the word out and to try to promote, you know, that the, that the kids should know where to go? So many of them do. Um, in, in Elul, I usually spend my nights in Elul going from yeshiva to yeshiva. I'm not a seminary uh, speaker, but I did, I did speak in a few seminaries. But in yeshivas, I... Um, I, I go around Elul usually for the new Bachram. So the yeshivas invite me, actually. I don't I don't even reach out to them. They reach out to myself, what's Rabbi Farkish. And, uh, and I usually go to introduce them to what they need to look out for. Okay. So there are a lot of yeshivas that work with, with us. Again, some yeshivas, again, some yeshivas based on knowing their Bachram will tell their Bachram l'chatechila that they should stick to what we call tier two or tier three, because in order that's what they feel that their bacham are holding by. And that's fine also. 
as long as everyone has their boundaries, that's great. And, and now you mentioned it. I, I, I matter of fact, even Chasidisha, there's two Chasidisha yeshivas here of American Bachrim, which uh, one of them is one of them is uh, has a, around a hundred Bachrim. I have spoken twice already the past year about Kashas with them, and, and believe it or not, they're they're also coming with the same. I was very surprised. They're coming with the same American mentality of what could be wrong, or it's just wrong. I could eat even rabbinut, and then they put up the same, uh, the same, uh, same fight with me. That the little shabachad us. So it's 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 just uh, our way of viewing Eretz on such a high level, which which is uh, it's a good thing. Yeah. What what would you say? So now that you brought up the thing about tiers, what, what, can you just give a little difference? What's between what's the difference between tier one, two, three, or or just a basic outline? So okay, so I'm really comparing them. We're comparing them to the ACO policies, meaning when I take a look at what the American uh, what the American cashless organizations the 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 higher the higher standard um, cashless organizations, what they're demanding of their restaurants. Again, I'm mainly dealing with restaurants, not products and not factories. We could help you out with products. We do help out a lot with products, but our main, we're trying to deal with restaurants, eateries. So I'm looking at what the policies of the American cashless organizations are and what they're, what they're what they're, what they're actually uh, implementing in their restaurants, and I'm comparing it to over here. So what I see are similar to over there. Again, I wanna be very clear also, all these tiers are based on my experience and the people that work with me. I have hush of the people that are out there that know cashers, know cashers very well, better than myself probably. And they themselves together with me, with myself, have, have, have put together these tiers for the Bahram Benazman. So again, we're comparing it to what we see in America to over here. And therefore the top tiers seem to be um, the same. The second tier are very close to it. That's why I would say tier one, tier two of what we have on our list, which you can email us, so we can send you the list. Tier two, uh, um, Tier two is 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 a drop lower, but for each one for a different reason. Um, um, for a different reason, which if someone wants to know privately, we could talk about each one and why I put it on a lower tier. And uh, and then tier three is 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 again I'm not saying a chas shop is not trade, but tier three, tier four, they they they, they don't they don't compare. They're not. I mean, I guess again, it's hard to give a exact definition, but it's not this. It's not close it's enough to be tier two, and, uh, and therefore, again, if someone's stuck in a place, they're not in trade, but I don't think you would want to eat this. So if you're stuck, then you would rely. Okay, Rabbi Wiener, I know it's very late yes. by you. I know. Thank you very much. I think this uh, podcast is going to be mazak a lot of people because right now it's the summer months. People are traveling. Um, and they're going to Israel. People are going for weeks at a time now. Baruch Hashem, a lot of people are able to go three, four right. weeks instead of kids going to camp, especially... Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Baruch Hashem, and people are excited to go to Israel. 
I want to give you a shkoyach because uh, I've spoken to you in the past a little bit, but really to Rabbi Farkish uh, extensively, the, the hard work that you do and, and the mysterious nefesh for this, because I know it's not easy, especially in food service. And in Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael Nikavi Surat, so that's for sure not easy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, okay. can you please give that information again, uh, the phone numbers that are, and, the, uh, and the emails yeah. to, to get the yeah. information on the list? And with that, we'll let you go. Okay, I just want to also thank Reb Chaim for giving me this opportunity. It's really a tremendous opportunity. I really apologize for pushing it off so long, but it was on my mind that I had to get done because it is important. And um, you should continue to be Matzliach in your Avedisakaydish, together with all the others working in the in the world of Kashus and other Avedisakaydish. The information is the phone number that you could call is 058-567-4375. This, this number will go to either Rabbi Farkish or to a secretary, which we're actually hiring soon in two, three weeks to answer the calls. And the email address is ZNT, Z as zebra, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, ZNT kosher at, at gmail.com. And you can and ask for, for the any, list of restaurants or if you have specific, any specific question, have a question, they can also talk to the rabbi about that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, Rabbi Wiener, well, thank you so much. Uh, good convention to you, good Zimmer. And Mr. Shem, we should be Zaycha to eat the all be here. And to all come there to sell. I mean, I mean, I just want to say a story with Vicky Baker. Kivager, sure. there was a boy in the city of Kivager where he was, he was steiging and all of a sudden he stopped steiging. And the parents couldn't figure out why. So they went to Kivager. He asked that he perhaps eat something which was not kosher. And they, they said it can't be. Then they found out that he ate something not kosher. So they went back to Kivager. He said, send him to your shalayim and he'll, he'll have his tino over there. So everyone should come to Yishlaim and eat only kosher, and we'll have the ticket if we need one. Many of us hopefully don't need it, but if we do, we'll be the ticket for everything. Good, uh, good night, and thank you, Reb Chaim, again. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send us an email at vhq at queensva.org. Again, that's vhq at queensva.org. Please feel free to subscribe at queensvod.org and to receive all of our content including the vodcast, the weekly Shabbos podcast and our newsletter and for updates and news. Thank you and have a great day.